is up, family? Now, look, if it's your first time watching This to Speak, we appreciate you. Turn your volumes up, put your remotes down, stay for a while. That's literally the only request. Well, that and laugh. I'm Emmanuel Acho on the far end, NBA insider. Slick Rick the Buker, he goes by Slick. Next to him is the brilliant Joy Taylor. You already know who that is. But to her right, Dave Hellman, NFL insider, knows all things about all things. And then, ooh, oh, my God. Oh, really? I got so excited. Oh, I got so excited. Oh, <laughs> that was just for I was that. like, he likes me. No handshakes. No <laughs> handshakes for you, LaShawn McCoy. That is LaShawn McCoy living up to his name of Shady Eagles all-time rushing leader. But from football to basketball, the Lakers, we got to talk about them because this news is urgent. They have the longest win streak in the Western Conference, but that could come to a screeching, and I mean screeching, halt. LeBron James, you see him right there. He was injured versus the Dallas Mavericks. Remember, they came back from down 27 in NBA season historical fashion. But LeBron James limped out of the stadium. Now the report says that the Lakers, who are currently 12th in the West, might be without the King for the next two weeks. They're 12th in the West, but they're only two and a half games back from that sixth seed, that win over the Mavericks on Sunday night, it was a two-win game as it pertains to the Lakers versus the Mavericks. The Lakers could have been four games back and said they're only two games back of the Mavs, but LeBron, the king, is out. Shady, I'm coming to you with the most really important question of the day in sports. Is the Lakers' season over? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> is the king on? He gone. Yeah, I, I'm going to say yes. I, take, I had a, I had a, take, take the, the crown, crown off. Take the crown take off. The crown right? Because he's, he's, he's resting. He's rehabbing. Yeah. No. Right? He's getting some treatment. I just think that when I, when I watch this team, man, like they have – I love the new additions they have. You know, and D'Lo, hopefully he comes back soon. True. I think he is like day-to-day. Um, but you kind of missing him if he's not back. And then all the pieces added, those pieces are great. Right? We, we talked about Vanderbilt, his hustle, his attitude, his defensive presence. But if the King's not there, mm. we got to depend on Anthony Davis. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that bad way. I'm saying Anthony Davis, he's been, he's been tremendous. He's been phenomenal. He's played phenomenal against the Mavs, right? 30, 30 points, 15 rebounds. He's balling. But it goes well with the King. LeBron is, is, is ball dominant. He, he's, the, he's like the – he makes the engine go. Mm-hmm. And we love AD, but the main guy is LeBron James. Yes, you know, And it's, it's been remarkable how he's been healthy. Yep. You know, but if he's not there, I don't know. I I won't go that far yet, Shady. Why? Because I think the Lakers still have a chance. I'm not going to doubt the new-look Lakers because we have yet to look at the new-look Lakers in totality. What I know about this, what I know about the Lakers is this. They're resilient. 138 times this season, teams have been up by 27 points. And no team has lost when being up by 27 points out of those 138 tries this season, except the Dallas Mavericks, to the new-look Lakers. So why would I doubt them? But slick, let's talk ball because that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. I've seen Mo Bamba, a new addition, have a 13 and 10 game. Mm-hmm. I've seen Malik Beasley, a new addition, lead the team in scoring. I've seen Jared Vanderbilt, a new addition, have a 15 and 17 game. So I've seen all of these new additions, and I haven't even talked about D'Lo yet. I've seen all of these new additions have incredible caliber games. So why would I doubt? that the Lakers could sustain themselves for two to three weeks when I've seen Mo Bamba give you a double-double. I've seen Vanderbilt give you a double-double. I've seen Malik Beasley go 7 or 11 from three and give you 25 points in a game, and this was all within the last week. Yeah. Ain't no reason for me to doubt. Not this new-look squad. I still believe the Lakers' season, though it might be on life support, I wouldn't even put it on life support yet. I still hear the pulse. I'm not losing hope. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, look, this is the simplest way I'll explain it. Uh, the, the pieces that they got were accessories, right? They complemented what they already had. It's a little bit like Shady's outfit right mm. now. Talk to the me. accessories, he is killing it yeah, with the accessories. Nice. Watch nice. Right? We hair, got the bling, nice. the don't watch, forget, the, hair, the chain, yeah, earrings, earrings, the earrings. Earrings. right? Now, what essentially has happened to the Lakers is they took the suit. So are we now going to recognize, well, those are nice accessories. No, we're going to go, what happened to the suit? Like, the main piece, one of the main pieces, those guys all were all getting numbers off the fact that LeBron James was there. Can they step in and play that role where now they get their numbers and they get other guys' numbers? Because that's what your core does. Now, I like the idea that AD is going to step up and all these guys are going to rally around it and they're going to say, hey, look, LeBron's going to be back at some point and let's just hold the fort. 
But these are all brand new guys. Mm -hmm. They don't have that continuity and that synchronicity mm. that a team and a group that's been playing all year would have. So that's where minimum, if he, minimum he's missing two weeks. That's seven games. That's basically a third of the games that you have left. You're going to be without your closer and without your primary playmaker. So who's going to fill those spots? You, like you, Mo Bamba, do you fill either one of the closer? No, playmaker. Mm. D'Lo is out right now. So there's just things that LeBron James does for them. Of course. That the ancillary play pieces are not capable of doing. Joy, who going to fill them spots? Is the Lakers season over? No, because you have Anthony Davis. It really shouldn't even feel over if you have someone like Anthony Davis on the roster, right? Which it shouldn't. It but... shouldn't. Remember last week when we were talking mm -hmm. about ones and twos? Mm -hmm. And you said... Shouldn't all the pressure be on Anthony Davis now to, I don't know, step up into a max contract role and lead this team for a few weeks That's without true. LeBron James? True. Should have happened the last couple of years. Anthony Davis, that guy, shouldn't, mm -hmm. shouldn't, he, shouldn't they feel like, damn, we lost LeBron. That's no good. We're on this, this playoff push. We've got all these new pieces, but we'll be good. We, AD. we can hold it down. We got AD. Are, now, are you saying Should that with be. confidence? I'm not, but, but damn, wouldn't this be a nice time for that? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> be, this would be a nice time for Anthony Davis to, to pick up the pieces, pick up the role that he was supposed to take a few years ago when they brought him yeah. here. Because LeBron was going to take a little step back. Anthony Davis was going to move into the one. A lot younger, yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot younger. Not as much wear and tear. Mm -hmm. So step up. Do you think he will? Because the viewers at home can ask themselves the question, but you should tell them the answer. Do you think that Anthony Davis will do what you believe he should do or was brought here mm -hmm. to do? I will hold on to, to a little hope that that's what will finally happen with this Lakers situation. I will say this was the thing we were afraid of. This was the thing that, that Slick, said, yeah. Slick was talking about and trying to keep us you know, from, I tried. from losing it. I, I tried. It's, it's the injuries that we succeeded. have to worry about. And, and specifically was, are LeBron and Anthony Davis going to be available down this stretch? Right. This is also why it would have been nice <laughs> if they had made these moves, I don't know, a little earlier so that they had some time to let this gel. And this is why having a roster around LeBron James is important so that you're not having to make this push at the end of the season. If they had already, if they had been further up in the standings and this happened, you wouldn't have the fear that they would drop all the way off. Mm -hmm. That's a good so, point. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's my point. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping around the point of, of answering the question. No, I don't think that their season is over because they do have Anthony Davis and the role players that have come in have played at a high level. D'Angelo Russell's day-to-day, -day, so yeah. he'll be back soon. And if they can hang on until LeBron is back, LeBron is Superman. I think he will be back when they say he's going to be back because he always does. But that's, that's the question. And this is why I was talking about them not making the roster moves early enough. And this is why Slick was trying to keep us from flipping out because the injuries are a real thing. And my thing is more just like, I, th I think Anthony Davis can put the numbers up, put the team on his back. But the, the only thing is they can't afford too many losses, right? Because mm -hmm. they're trying to just even make the playoffs. Yes. Right? They're, they're, like they're the outside looking That's in. what I'm saying. They're outside yeah. looking in. So they got, they, every game counts. And another thing is, LeBron James averaging like 30 points a game. Yep. Mm -hmm. So now he's hurt. Let me get that 30. Who else is going to carry that load to get 30 points? And seven assists. And seven assists. That, that all matters. When you put on, like, when I be looking at some of the games, I'm like, okay, if this is my, game, my gambling habits right here. If I got a, a, a game I'm about to bet on, okay, I look at the points. Okay, how many points is this team averaging? How many points is this team averaging? When you take that 30 points out of LeBron James, out of the Lakers, who's going to get it? Who's going to get it? Yep. And that's the big question. But, Slick, this is what Anthony Davis was brought here for, along with being complimentary to LeBron James. LeBron James had to have assessed, okay, I'm now 38, 39, I'm getting up there in age. Anthony Davis is nearly a decade younger than me. Mm -hmm. If I am going to miss time, Anthony Davis, just hold down the fort until I return. This is what the heck AD was brought here for. Shady and Joy both said it. He's coming off a 30 and 15 game. Yep. The Lakers the should baller. not be discouraged at all whatsoever. Yep. Because if you are a part of the Sixers and Harden goes down, you're like, oh. Still got Embiid. If you're a part of all season, the Butts, and Middleton has been out with his knee injury, oh, right, still right. got Young. You're right, you're right, yeah. So this is what AD is here for, is it not? Uh, without question. But he's been there for this, and we haven't seen it. So when I look, at, of, of all the guys, I've heard the rallying cry. AD has said all the right things, and he's done all the right things in this push to try to still make the playoffs this year. So I give him credit for that. 
But it, it, it wasn't like I was doubting LeBron and AD's ability to be the core of a team that gets to, to the play-in and then makes the playoffs. My doubt was the availability. And so you take LeBron out now, and you put, what, more pressure on AD? He has to play more minutes. He has to do more. Again, for somebody who physically breaks down on a consistent basis, like that was my whole thing. You're asking LeBron and AD to carry this weight at this point. And every time you ask them to carry that weight, their bodies did not hold up to it. So now that you take LeBron out of the equation, like if I hate to say it because this sounds terrible for Lakers fans, Uh but if if AD breaks down two over the next five, six, seven games, it it just wouldn't surprise me because that's 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 been his history. I mean, shouldn't this really be AD's moment? Yes. Yeah, sure. Like this should be the moment that AD steps up puts the Lakers on his back, holds it down until LeBron gets back and they make a playoff push. There's no reason or excuse why he shouldn't be the number one in this situation. I understand you're dealing with a lot of role players who are going to have to step up and replace the production. But, I mean, this is what greats are supposed to do. It, it, you, you, you're certainly being compensated as such. Now, I don't care. I don't really get too much in the money. But, like, that's what you were brought here to do. Mm-hmm. That's what you're paid to, at the highest level to do. That's why you're put into that category. But for some reason, he doesn't get the pressure that – Guys like a like a Harden or an Embiid or, Mid- or even a Middleton, yeah. like what we'll get, like they'll he doesn't get the the criticism or the pressure, like he should. This is, should be AD's moment. Yeah. He should be able to step into this space and and rally the team for the next two weeks until LeBron. Comes like, back. Final thought. Part of that is because he hasn't been able to stay on the floor long enough to have that yeah, pressure. Yeah. Like when you're not available, then that pressure goes to the next person. But I would say this: over the next twenty games, this is where. AD proves to me that you should remain a Laker, that we can build on you going mm, forward. That's a good point. That's this a great is point. because otherwise, it's like if you're going to break down here with LeBron gone, that's why you were here in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, look, we will see. The Lakers have a lot of decisions to make on the court as to what they're going to do with the lineup with LeBron James out. But the Packers in the NFL, they might have the biggest decision to make. What are they going to do with Aaron Rodgers, four-time NFL MVP? But it sounds like they are gearing up for a divorce. You have to hear what Packers general manager said earlier today. It might shock you. Next on Speed. Come on, AD. Look, maybe the most shocking words you will hear today, I'm about to play for you momentarily. The Jets are in the market for a quarterback after a very rough season from former number two overall pick Zach Wilson. But general manager Joe Douglas said they are not giving up on their young QB. Speak up, Joe Douglas. In talking with uh, Nathaniel and Todd and and our staff, um, they're so excited to to get get with Zach and start working. I know they've had some, some positive discussions, but... Again, our stance on Zach hasn't changed. You know, we feel like Zach has a has a very high ceiling. This was wild, 2-5. You go first. You go first. I got some backup. Points. I don't believe that. But, but did he watch tape? He didn't watch tape yet. Did he watch did, he did. Did, did he watch tape? Because if you watch the stuff that Zach put on, on display last, last year, oh, my God. Here's what's fascinating. Oh, my God. What, what, what stance do you take? I like coaches, in all honesty, to keep it too real. Keep it too real because we know when you're lying. But sometimes you got coaches that – get in trouble for keeping it too real, or they like rather be politically correct because it's a safer place to be. Let me go to you first. Do you prefer general managers, coaches, execs, keeping it too real or doing what Joe Douglas did? Now, I like, you know what? Correct. That's one thing I loved about Bruce Arians. He was so honest with me. When I got to the Bucks, he said, listen, you're going to be the number two guy behind Rojo, right? He said, you'll get some third down, get a couple carries when he gets tired. Cool. Yep. I want you to be the mentor. Yep. We signed Leonard Fournette. He called me and said, hey, we're going to sign Leonard Fournette. That, that's off the table. You're gonna be the third string running back. You're gonna do. You're gonna do some of the uh, the pass downs, third down, third down, like uh, scat back. Yep, I said, cool. Back. Then for that one game, carries shady. You're done. Look, <laughs> you're gonna be. You're gonna be like the emergency running back. You'll be the mentor. Keep the room good. If we need you, we'll play you. I like that because it's respectful, yeah. right? I know what I'm gonna sign up for, and I like that. I hate the GMs or coaches that that beat around the bush. Be honest with me. Call it what it is. I just, I mean, you got to keep in mind, the Jets have a hand to play here. Like, clearly, Zach Wilson is not going to be their starter, 
They can't throw the guy under the bus until they find him. Also, my favorite game to play is what gets left unsaid. All he said was the offensive coaches are excited to work with him. Cool. On your eight backup snaps per practice, we're excited to work with you. Like, that can be true. I just think, A, things get left unsaid, and B, the Jets aren't going to say anything definitive until they have a clear, better option, which they will. One way or the other, they will, but they don't have it right now. I mean, (laughs) we know Zach Wilson is not – that's not happening. We know that. I agree. So – but it doesn't really behoove him to throw him under the bus. Maybe you trade him. Maybe you buff him. What's he going to say? Like, I I don't know what we're doing, but it won't be this. Like, like, hey, hey, we love Zach. You know, we probably want to – Great guy. Great guy. We could develop a little more. We want him on the team, but we're we're currently looking for a quarterback. Correct. Which they are. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm at. It's like, just be honest. Like, hey, he's a good dude. You know, great, great young man. A hard work ethic. He did make it. He I mean, made it clear. They're in the market. They're in the market for a veteran. That's all they need to say. If he threw him under the bus, we'd be doing a segment about how out of pocket that was. I mean, it's damned if you do, I mean, damned if you don't. Really to, we all watch. <laughs> I mean, he's under contract too, though. Yeah, he, he can play that. He can play that role. Well, he's under contract for two more years, so. Ooh, that is the kiss of death. <laughs> when, the G, when the GM is That's just like, he's on our team. Well, the Jets are in the market for a quarterback, and that quarterback might be Aaron Rodgers because that saga, it continues in Green Bay. Free agency begins in a couple weeks, and the Packers general manager, Brian Gutenkoom, said he has not spoken to Aaron Rodgers at length since the end of the season. Now, Gutenkoom was asked if he wants his quarterback back, and he said, quote, he's a great player. But until we have those conversations, I think all options are on the table. Shady, you're shaking your head. You're shaking your head. Why? This is funny, though. Come on, man. This is every year. Is it my turn? Are you tired of it? I'm tired of it. Every, every year, it's like, it's like the Kardashian thing, right? Like, like every episode is something new, something oh. new. Oh. Like, yo, what are we doing? Do you want to play football or you don't? And it's like, I'm tired of the Packers. Stop being bullied. Right? I watched you guys get bullied with Brett Favre. Finally, you, 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 you gained some courage. You let him go. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Like, you didn't have a great season last year, right? And didn't. he did lose that game at home to the Detroit Lions to go to the playoffs. That did happen. The, my point is, every year we keep talking about this. Is he going to play? How can we make him happy? We'll take Aaron if he wants to be here. It's like, what are, what are we doing? Go get your quarterback that cares. You have one. Jordan Love, we haven't seen what he can really do as a starter for multiple games, but you took him in the first round. Let's see what he has instead of begging Aaron Rodgers to let's have an agreement. Let's negotiate if you want to be on the team. You think the young players want to hear that? Because your young players will eventually be your starters, be mm-hmm. your all-stars. That's how it works. Aaron Rodgers was young before, and now he's a, a legend and Hall of Famer. Same thing with the young guys that got in the building right now. Put some prioritize, prioritize some of them players as your main guys going forward and stop everything being – centered around Aaron Rodgers if he wants to be here. It's, it's starting to be sickening and annoying. That's real. Joy, where do you stand? Are the Packers setting up for an Aaron Rodgers divorce? They don't have a choice to be ready for anything. I just, I, I'm going to Aaron, like, like, yes, Aaron, you want to play? We love you. Well, look, again, I go back to this is just a divorce that's been being dragged out publicly for several years. We see these sometimes. We know they're not going to end up together at the mm-hmm. end of the road, <laughs> but they're trying to make it work. The Packers openly very publicly cheated on Aaron. Didn't let him know they were having problems. Just popped up with a new one. Like, oh, we were supposed to text you first or something? <laughs> but they made it right with the money. They did. They made it right with the money now. They bought him a new whip. That's how they bought him a new whip. People that got cheated, I don't want to say names, but people that got caught cheating, yep. they bought some big bags, yep. some burkas, and they get that big ring. Sometimes and, 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 the ring. Come on. Sometimes the ring fixes things. Clearly it hasn't. <laughs> once again, Aaron's got, you know, one foot in the sound bath and one foot in Green Bay. Like, Double Dutch. Not, he, I, I'm, I'm with Shady in that, like, do, why should I be convinced, particularly after the way that the, that last season ended, why should I be convinced that e- even if Aaron wants to leave, which would be great for us, I mean, we were going to talk about it every day, right. but he goes somewhere new, why would he be more committed? Why would he act different? It's the same pattern all the time, and and everyone is just expecting him to wake up one day and just be different. I don't know why we keep landing on that. Once again, Aaron hasn't decided. Does he know that the whole league is waiting on this news? I mean, by all means, do he knows and he loves it. Yes, he knows and he loves it. I'm a big proponent of doing what's best for you, but sometimes doing what's best for you does affect other people, and Mm -hmm. people are allowed to get salty about it. We don't have to just like abide by what what is. What is best for another person? People can't move on. People can't develop attitudes and feelings about it. 
I think they have to prepare for it, but I don't know. I mean, you got you can't make the playoffs because you lost to the Lions at home, child. I don't know. This has the potential to blow up in my face because, I mean, the league year starts in basically two weeks. Like, we'll have an answer to this very soon. So I have the potential to be very wrong. Maybe Aaron Rodgers comes out of the darkness and is like, I got to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Well, maybe he'll pick up the phone. Maybe he'll pick up the phone. What? Regardless, maybe Aaron Rodgers will change his mind and really want to be the quarterback of the Packers. But for my money, from what I'm hearing reading and listening to Brian Gutekunst talk, it feels a little bit different to me, Shady. Like, that's, when you're talking about, oh, stop begging Aaron Rodgers, I'm not hearing a ton of begging. All options on the table doesn't sound like begging to me. Saying that Jordan Love is not only capable, but ready to be a starter in the NFL, which he said today, that doesn't sound like begging to me. Saying, here was my favorite thing. He said, basically, they haven't heard from Rodgers since exit meetings back in January, but they've been in constant communication with uh, Jordan Love and his team. As in, Jordan Love is like, hey, man, I'm ready. I'm, say the word, and I'm, I'm your guy. Let's go. I'm ready for this. I'm not a kid anymore. It's year what? Year four for Jordan Love? Do I have that right? Yep. Yeah, man. It's time for the rubber to meet the road. So, again, these things have a way of changing at the 11th hour. But more so than any other time in this saga, I think the Packers are ready to do this if they need to. And so, yes, I think they absolutely But the dilemma, Dave, is the Packers can't do it without Aaron Rodgers' permission. Like, at the end, Aaron Rodgers is holding the Packers um, – Tight. <laughs> so, figure of speech, trying to stay politically correct. I mean, so they don't really have, they need Aaron Rodgers' permission to make a move. Is it the trade clause you're talking Not about? Not even necessarily the trade clause, just the money. Yeah. Like, if the Packers are going to move on from Aaron Rodgers, Joy's brought this up at nauseum several times, and every time it makes sense. If you trade for Aaron Rodgers, hey, how long are you playing, Rodgers? Because we got to figure out what we're going to give up. Yeah. I can't trade oh, for you if right, you're only right, going right, to play right, for right, one right, year. Right. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers has to give some sort of commitment to other teams. Well, I, I saw a wonderful solution to this problem the other day in a mock draft. I apologize for not remembering who did it. I'm sorry. But conditional picks. You could ship him off and say, this second-round pick becomes a one if Rodgers plays in 2024 or beyond. And then it's, it's on Rodgers and the team to figure that out. You say, okay, he's worth a future two for one year, or it could be multiple ones if he's willing to play beyond that. There's ways to do this. And I think another interesting thing uh, Brian Gutekunst said today is, even if Rodgers plays for the Packers, they will probably restructure his deal. It's just so unwieldy otherwise. So I think... If Rodgers wants to play, unless he decides he's going to retire, which I don't think, I don't think any of us retire. buy that. So unless he wants to retire, he's going to have to agree to restructure some things to play, period. So what's the difference between Green Bay and another team? That's a very good point. How many mock drafts did you have to look at to forget the name of them? All I do is look at mock drafts. It's draft season, baby. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick in the head. Come you look on. At draft picks for the Cowboys? What's that? You look at like the draft, like the mock Yeah, I look, at every, I look at all of it. Is there ever any quarterbacks? Not no? in the first round. Okay. They got one. <laughs> they got one. I'm just asking, brother. They got Oh, coming up, it is the topic of the day. Kevin Durant time. All eyes are on KD as he's expected to make his son's debut in a highly anticipated game tomorrow night. We'll tell you if KD needs to win another ring to validate his legacy. Next on Speed. Not in the first round. Look, the Kevin Durant era in Phoenix is expected to begin tomorrow night. It is what we have all been waiting for. Well, Charles Barkley, he shared his thoughts on KD's legacy, saying, quote, he's an all-time great, but when it comes to being mentioned with some of the other guys, he's going to have to win a championship where he's the leader of the team and the best player. Close quote. Let's bring it to the family to discuss. What's up, y'all? Glad y'all are joining us. Great to see you. Um, Joy, hear my thoughts on this one. Charles Barkley is trying to find different ways to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. For years now, he has been trying to imply, and he's overtly said, Kevin Durant has not been the bus driver of a team. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, his rings aren't as significant as players who are homegrown winning rings. Charles Barkley is just trying to find different ways to say the same thing. I don't agree with this way Charles Barkley said it. I do understand what Charles Barkley has been trying to say. This way was a little complex to me. I'll give you all more of my take on it in a second. But, Joy, do you agree with Barkley's comments on KD? No, and he's specifically talking about these guys. He's talking about Kobe and LeBron. Now, obviously, they both have more championships than KD. But KD is an all-time great player and a two-time champ and a two-time finals MVP. That's true. I've never understood the narrative on, on Kevin Durant, I, I'm, I feel like I'm missing something mm. because I watched him in OKC and they weren't able to win a championship. He, he, he was there for nine years with the, with the Sonics and the Thunder. And then he left, yeah. like a lot of players do, after the, the, they've been drafted somewhere and don't have success. 
And he went to a better organization, a better situation, and then was the best player on that, those teams right and the about. best player in the finals on both of those teams. And I say both because they didn't do it one time. They did it twice. Back to back. Back to back. Two times. <sighs> so I just don't, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I, don't, I truly don't understand why or how you could discredit accomplishments like that. And when I circle back to how it happened with the Warriors, I defend the Warriors. I, I always speak very highly of well-run organizations. It's fun to talk about dysfunctional organizations. They give us content. Mm. And being well-run is very boring. But <laughs> they drafted and developed their core with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And then they always find ways to bring in new role players, draft new role players, stay healthy, and have the money to bring in someone like Kevin Durant. Sorry your team is one terribly and you're sorry he don't want to go there. Sorry about it. That's y'all's fault. Mm. So there's so much that had to happen to line up. So many other people that had to do th- their job the right way, including Kevin Durant, to get to a space where they could win those championships. And I feel like it's, it's not really just um, a shot at Kevin Durant. I feel like it's a shot at the Warriors. I feel like a shot, it's a shot at the Warriors' ownership, at the coaching their development program, their GM, hmm. they did things all the right way. Why, why should they be punished? Because they did all everything right to have the space to do that. Every team can't bring in a Kevin Durant. Can't afford it. Can't, don't have the money at the right time. Don't have the players he wants to play with. They did everything right, and they won. So I feel like to discredit that is you're really, you're really discrediting a lot of people. I have been trying to figure out what it, why I take issue with this, what, what my struggle is with this since we brought it up as a topic on the show. And, and, and it finally came to me. Charles Barkley saying this is actually a great compliment to Kevin Durant. Elaborate. Oh, Because Kevin Durant on, only somewhere. has two championships. Mm-hmm. To your point, who is he being compared to? Kobe Bryant. got five. Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. Mm-hmm. That's the circle. And Charles is saying, no, 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 you don't get entry. And why are we even having a conversation that he deserves entry, potentially deserves entry, should be considered in that circle, other than Kevin Durant is that good. Kevin Durant has demonstrated that ability. I know you'd like this. You don't like when we share the same opinion, but I also knew that you were going to have no choice but to like what I have to say here. I think this is a compliment to Kevin Durant because in spite of the fact that he has only two championships, we are putting him in the conversation with those guys, and Charles is trying to argue why he doesn't belong in it. Mm -hmm. Well, pretty simple. He hasn't won as many championships. But because Kevin Durant is so great at what he does, True. he is in that conversation. True. Okay, so I like that. Slick. I, I think I'm with you. Like, yeah. I, I believe that as an individual talent, Kevin Durant is probably a top five basketball player all time. The if you go- just purely talk about an individual talent, particularly on the offensive side of the basketball, he demonstrated when he went to Golden State, yo, to some degree he can play lockdown D. And he, I'm about to say, is he, okay. No doubt. Because he played D when he went over exactly. there. Exactly. When he yeah, went there, okay, he, showed, yeah. he can play right, lockdown yeah, okay. D. But Shady, break down these Barkley comments on KD. You agree with him? You disagree with him? I, or I, I disagree with him. I mean, like, even the part just... He talked about, uh, what did he say? Uh, I have to be in a winner's championship where he's the leader of the team and the best player. Like, the leader? Does that really matter? Shaquille O'Neal was one of the most dominant. And Kobe talked about how he wasn't a leader. Uh, he was this, that. He was lazy. He was dominant. Mm-hmm. That's why Kobe won them championships. It's not even a matter of, of, of the leader. Because I think even with the Warriors, Steph Curry, I think he led by just um, being a good guy and, and, and leading by example, Right. And Kevin Durant maybe leading by playing. But the real leader was not, it was neither of them two. It was Draymond Green. That was the real leader. In the meetings, in timeouts, he's the one, you know, showing you go here, you go here on defense and offense. So they both weren't the main leader. It was Draymond Green. And then when Kevin Durant got there, the best player, my, my favorite player is Steph Curry. But Kevin Durant was the best player in that team. So the reason why he got MVP, finals MVP, twice, mm. back to back. Mm. I just don't understand, like, the, the issue with, with Kevin Durant. 
with all, with all the, the old heads. Because I don't know what it, it is, his, man. Charles Barkley's execution, I think, was terrible. Because it, I don't think Katie has to be the best, the leader of the team, right? One, that's, one, that's hard for us on the outside to truly identify. Yes, Draymond Green was the most demonstrative leader, but I think that Steve Kerr and Steph Curry have to get some credit there as well. But to Shady's point, when you're watching a broadcast, yeah. all we see is what we see. But hold up, the coaches all say that Draymond, other than punching uh, Jordan, Jordan Poole in the face, they always talk about how he was a great leader. No doubt about it. Right? So, yeah. so I think that's why I, I, I pushed to that. And real quick, to what Joy said, because I love the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And when you watch that team, even before Kevin Durant, and it was a stump three with Clay, Steph, and uh, Draymond, they do a great job with the bench. Like, so when you spend all this money, right, you can't afford to get a lot of um, expensive role players. Yep. So they had to find a way to be good GMs to yep. go out there and get viable players that's so cheap. They do a great job of that. I guess the biggest issue is this. Let's just cut to the chase. We've okay. been having all Let's this cut to the chase. Uh, We've been holding Let's cut to it. Yeah. Let's cut to the chase. Okay. The biggest issue is Kevin Durant has yet to win a ring without Steph Curry. What's that really mean? Kevin Durant has yet to win a ring without a top two play- point guard of all time. What's that really mean? Kevin Durant has yet to win a ring without a top 12 player of all time. What's that really mean? Kevin Durant has yet to win a ring without a unanimous MVP. That's really the issue. Because when you talk about Kobe, he won the ring with Pal after Shaq. He, he demonstrated that he could win without Shaq. Powell was pretty good, but okay, he, he but okay. Was, okay. But Powell's not Steph Curry. Uh, LeBron okay. James, he won a ring with Kyrie Irving. Slick Rick, don't even view Kyrie Irving as top five, and I agree he's top five. Point guard Kevin currently Love too. playing. Kevin Love, Kevin too. Love too, no doubt about it. But Kevin Love isn't a top 20 player of all time. But when you talk about KD, <laughs> the dilemma is KD won a ring with the second best, or maybe the, well, Magic, so the second best point guard of all time, and he might retire as the best point guard of all time. And that truly is why people discredit KD in my mind, Slick. I think there's more to it than that. And I think it's narrative in that KD has demonstrated, particularly to Charles and to the old heads, you asked the question, like, why do the old heads have an issue with KD? Why do they hate? Yeah, because KD does not care, has demonstrated more than on one occasion, I don't care how you think and I don't care how you've operated. I was down 3-1 or I was up 3-1 against the Golden State Warriors and we lost. I don't have a problem going to that team. All the old heads, the, that, that, that goes against yeah. our competitive nature. You right? got to adjust, man. So I, from that point on, people were going to resent whatever KD did. They were going to put it in a different context. And then, on top of it, he then leaves that team okay. to go to the Brooklyn Nets to play with Kyrie Irving. Right. What are you doing, KD? I'm following my own path. And I don't care whether you like it or not. And so he has taken this very subversive approach to the way that he shaped his career. And people don't know how to put their arms around it. So they're constantly questioning where Kay deserves to be in the pantheon well, of you great gotta players. you got to pick a grudge. You, you can't be mad about him going there and mad about him leaving. you got to pick Nope, but, but you got different factions <laughs> that are mad about one or the other. So, sure, but like, you can only be mad majority. about one or the other. You can't be mad about both. we got to make some kind of sense here. Right. It, it goes back to the struggle competition. I don't, I'm not trying to struggle compete with you. If he doesn't win a championship at the level that he is at, we're going to talk about that for the rest of his life. Every time his name is brought up in a basketball conversation, we're going to bring up that he didn't win a championship. Now he won, not one, but two. Yeah. Back and now back. that back-to-back back back. and finals MVP, and that's not good enough because he had good, good players around him. Were there no other good teams around the league? Everybody else, everybody else is just some busters. Nobody else tried to keep them from winning this championship. Everyone was like, oh, KD's with the Warriors, whatever. We'll get to Cabo earlier now. Nobody else tried. There wasn't a LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. There wasn't a Kawhi that's Leonard. Right. Yeah. There, were, there was no Giannis. There was nobody else around the league that was like, we would like for you not to win a championship. We're going to try and keep you from getting there. Nobody else was great. Anyone? <laughs> like, were we playing in a completely starless league now? And, and you got to adjust. I was, mm-hmm. I was talking the other day, like, so, so Charles Barkley, his era, they didn't do that, right? right. Like, Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. um, Jordan, yep. him, they all, and Barkley, they all stayed with the same team. But then when things changed, when LeBron James went to the Heat, right, and, yep. they, and their primes, you have to change, you have to adjust. Right. And that's what KD's doing. So my, my thing is, they, they hate on him so much for, he went with, he had an issue with Draymond Green. He didn't just leave the Warriors. He had an issue with Draymond Green, right? It's either me, him, or me. And I'll take the same stance. If I'm a superstar. It's either me or him. They decide to go with him, right? I'm out. He leaves. Yeah. He goes to Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving. He's a hell of a player. But here's the I thing. Think, oh, and, it, and it didn't work. So my thing is now he's with his sons. It's like there's no player right now 
That's a superstar. Yeah. That's not playing with other all-stars. I just watched the Bucs. You were talking about the Bucs? There's not a better two-player guard than Drew Holiday right now. Oh. He's an all-star. Come on mm-hmm. over to my with, side. With Middleton. Something like, what other uh, superstar players but, is going to win with no other superstars? But here's the difference, right? What's the we, difference? Here's the difference. Joyce said that KD joined a good roster. The Warriors weren't a good roster. They were the best team by record in basketball. Drew Holiday is a good player. Drew Holiday, you can call him an all-star. He is an all-star. He is an all-star, okay. absolutely. Okay. I'm friends with Drew Holiday. Good dude as well. He's not Steph Curry in his prime. Yeah. So that, to me, Shady, is the difference. Like, Drew Holiday is good. So what was, what, my question for, for uh, the bottom line question is, what would you have KD do? Thank you. What would you have Thank him you. do? Thank you. Would you have him not go to the Warriors and not win the championships? Would that make you feel better? And why that bleep? Should KD care about that at all? Not I know a, I wouldn't. I'm not living my life for the approval of other people. I'm here to make waves and win championships. I'm not here to explain myself to you or to anybody else. Not only that, not only that, but he went there and he won championships. That's right. And he was the finals MVP. Best player. And people still don't, they weren't giving him credit for it then. So the fact that he left and went to Brooklyn, you're confused by that? Really? He was the best player on two championship teams. You discount that those were championships. And now you're mad that he left because he realized I'm never going to get credit for who I am right. by being here. And he goes to Brooklyn. Whether you want to give him blame for Harden being there and dipping and Kyrie and all those issues. Now you want to blame him that he goes, okay, I got nothing left in Brooklyn. Let me go to Phoenix. I mean, I traded to traded Phoenix. Phoenix. Traded to Phoenix. Okay, right. Well, okay. But yeah. he, that, was his, that was his choice. They didn't matter. I mean, it's, they didn't uh, matter. It, 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 it wasn't his choice Wait, for Kyrie they, to leave. And Kyrie, they didn't, they didn't trade Kyrie to the, to, to, to the Lakers because uh, they didn't want to, right? So mm-hmm. they really hold the power where he goes. Let's I, get that straight. Honestly, my, my point is that it's become a cottage industry to find <laughs> fault with Kevin Durant. Like – one way or the other, whatever he does, it's not good enough. But I think the, I think the author matters because it's Charles Barkley. And look at the history of Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley never won a race. I love Charles. And what yeah. Charles Barkley do? He went to the Rockets. That, thank you. And Charles Barkley <laughs> went to the Rockets yeah. on the heels of the Rockets winning two rings yep. because he was trying to do what Kevin Durant successfully thank did. You. He just failed at doing what Kevin Durant has actually successfully executed. So you always have to keep in mind not just the message, okay. but the messenger. Charles Barkley, I'm sure, has some envy that what he tried to do, Kevin Durant not only did, he did twice and was a finals MVP mm, back to back. Coming up, oh, it's about to get even spicier. Say, you don't want to hear this one. The Cowboy Stephen Jones, he said that they can win a Super Bowl with Jack Prescott. You got to hear the response of one of our panelists on that thought next. I promise. Can I guess? Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get back to football because this upcoming season will be Dak Prescott's eighth as a starting Cowboys quarterback. And despite winning just two playoff games, Stephen Jones still believes that Dak can take this franchise to its first Super Bowl since 1995, saying, quote, I've got all the faith in the world. We can win this thing with Dak, close quote. I was, I was, I was shocked when he said that because I was surprised. I was shocked too. <laughs> After eight years, he still had this type of unmitigated faith. Oh. It, was, it was fascinating to me. Born and raised in Dallas, I remember when the Cowboys won that last Super Bowl. I was just a toddler. Dave, Hellman, can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. Me neither. Um, do you agree with Stephen Jones that Dak Prescott can lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl? There's a key phrase there, and it matters, and it's the Cowboys. Can Dak Prescott lead the Cowboys to a championship? Sorry, that's what you said. Honestly, I think the answer is no. Again, not whether or not I think Dak is a good enough quarterback to win a championship, because let's, let's dispel with the notion that there's this overly magic line of quarterback play that can get you to a Super Bowl. Winning it, sure. But, I mean, again, we have seen, of course, it's all about Patrick Mahomes right now. Tom Brady's won a bunch of them. But just in recent memory, we've seen Nick Foles win one. We've seen Matthew Stafford win one. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo get there. Uh, Guys, I I don't know. I don't know how I already lost you. I thought I would make it further, to be honest with you. What? You it, know we don't. We don't. We don't. Okay, I'm sorry. I know that's your guy. I know that's your guy. But can we at least acknowledge he he's Nick. not in this magical realm of like, oh my God, oh, if only breaks. we had him. Yep. Okay, that's that's my only point. I think Dak Prescott meets the line of you can build a championship team around him. The problem 
is the franchise that he plays for that has now gone 27 years without a championship. Actually, check this out. A couple weeks ago, we did a similar topic. I said something that I didn't view as controversial, and I got a lot of blowback on it. I said Dak Prescott's career is starting to remind me eerily of Tony Romo's, Mm -hmm. just in the sense of a lot of hype, a lot of regular season wins, a lot of statistics, not a lot of playoff success to show for it. Haven't gotten past the divisional round. And I got a bunch of blowback from people that said, Dak couldn't hope to be Tony Romo. Tony Romo is so much better, which actually... That might have been me. It's, that's okay, Shady. It actually helps my point. Even if you think Tony Romo's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, what do the Cowboys have to show for his career? A bunch of divisional round exits. These are organizational... Yeah, he had that team they got, though. Is that, is that so? Because he went. He was on 13-3 and three teams. He was on 12-4 and four teams. He was on some very good teams that didn't get past the divisional round. I like that defense. And right why... Shady... Go, please go look at the 2007 Cowboys defense. Just, it's, it's fine. 09 and up. I was in the league at 09, so I remember all the well, games. Autumn football teams. happened before you were in the league. I'm going to say 09 that's, and up. He had a couple years. That's honestly, that's beside the point. My, my point is, I think there's organizational failings here, a.k.a. team building, that are holding the Cowboys back. I know you have something to say. Oh, I, just, I got a lot to say. I just want to throw this out there. Go ahead. I'll wait. The Cowboys' two biggest obstacles toward building a more complete roster Dak Prescott's cap hit of $49 million, which is the Cowboys' fault because they waited two years to sign him. And Zeke Elliott's $17 million cap hit, which is fifth largest on their team, which is also the Cowboys' fault because they signed him ahead of Dak Prescott, gave him a $90 million contract that they very much regret right now. <sighs> These are not Dak Prescott issues. These are Dallas Cowboy issues. Are you done, Dave? And it's I'm, stuff I'm, I'm like done with that. You. So are you done? That makes me worried that Dak Prescott can get this organization over the hump. Uh, let me dismantle everything you just said. I doubt it. I doubt it. No, the Cowboys can't win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott because if they could, they would have done it by now. How do I know that? The Cowboys have given Dak Prescott Super Bowl rosters. Let's start in 2016. That's the first year I met Dave Hellman. It's true. In 2016, the Dallas Cowboys went 13-3. and Their roster had three Ring of Honor offensive linemen, two Hall of Fame offensive linemen, Zach Martin, Tyrus Smith, Seth, Travis Frederick being the Ring of Honor player. Their roster had a 1,600-yard running back. Shade, you know how hard it is to rush for 1,600 yards in the league. Their roster had a slot receiver that was all-pro caliber and cold Beasley ended up getting a second team all pro years later while he was older and even outside of his prime. The roster had a Hall of Fame tight end by the name of Jason Witten. Mm-hmm. Their ha- roster had the greatest touchdown receiver in Cowboys history in Des Bryant, meaning a Cowboys history of wide receivers with Michael Irvin and Andrew Pearson. Their defense also had Sean Lee at the Mike linebacker position and he was healthy. Now, don't tell me the Cowboys defense was not good enough to go to the Super Bowl because who went to the Super Bowl that year? The Atlanta Falcons. They were 27th in points and they were 25th in yards. So their defense was not good. Okay, Dak Prescott, yeah. Had a really good offense. Can get to the Super Bowl then. Let's give him a really good defense. How about in yes, six, seven years later, this year? Now you give him a really good defense with Trayvon Diggs, with Micah Parsons, with Wilcox, Marcus with Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence, with a whole bunch of beasts at top layer, defensive line, linebacker. We're stout. Can't win it with great defense. So now I'm asking myself, if we gave you a great offensive roster and we gave you a great defensive roster, you couldn't win it with good offense, you couldn't win it with good defense, then when can you win it? If you coulda, you woulda. So you can't. It's simple as that. You actually made my point for me. I hope so. The Cowboys stumbled upon Dak Prescott as a fourth-round pick and started him immediately. What do we always say? The easiest way to put a contender together is with a quarterback on his rookie deal. Did the Cowboys maximize that? They absolutely yes. did not. No. Do you want to compare? Do you want to compare those Cowboys rosters? You realize they got one year out of prime Dez. Like Dez was That's there. Fine. Dez was there for That's one all it season. Takes. They got one year out That's of all that. It takes. You want to you want to stack that Cowboys team up against what the Eagles put on the field this year? No, but here's, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. The Cowboys, bro. No, it matters. I will stack that Cowboys roster against the 2016 Falcons roster all sure. day. I will. They ran against up against Julio Jones and 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 and, and Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Do you like, think... I'll stack them up against that. No, uh, you don't. You don't no, think Devontae no. Freeman? Come on. Come on yeah. you, you don't think you don't think Dak Prescott has grown into a better quarterback since he was a rookie. Again, how many, what, what, um, how many rookies have won the Super Bowl? How many times has that ever happened? Never. Thank you, Joy. So what are we, what are we doing here? Okay, cool. He didn't win the Super Bowl as a rookie. He didn't that even get is very hard to do. Like Stephen Jones, man. He, he just, lost to prime Aaron Rodgers. Stephen Jones, if somebody these, else gone. I, I think Stephen Jones, he knows, he knows what's really going on. I think he can't get away from the, the, the number that they still owe Dak money-wise. And then reading his comments, it's similar to the comments 
know, people uh, uh, said about Eric Bieniemy, right? They didn't say nothing about him being a great co- offensive coordinator. They said stuff like, oh, he's a good leader. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. He's a good coach. Nothing about him being office coordinator, calling plays, installing plays. None of that. Same thing with, with Stephen Jones. What Stephen Jones say? He, he ain't say. All he said is that he's a he's a he's a leader. He has leadership skills, undeniable. Like stuff like that. I mean, that's that's cool. I think that is true. That is true. But Phenomenal not leader. to win a Super Bowl. He said, "Oh, not to be a leader," which he is, but not to win a Super Bowl. When I look at that Prescott and I look at the Cowboys, you keep trying to like. What's he doing? Trick us. Yeah. Don't trick me. I'm just saying Because I watched that last game against what the 49ers, you see? What you see? right? I'm curious. And it wasn't the Cowboys like you talked about. Uh, One of the Cowboys, it was Dak. Same guy that had two picks. Mm. The same guy that shut down and had 12 points. The same guy that for the Niners, they couldn't move the ball at all. Oh. And the only reason they, how they, got, they got any points is through turnovers from Dak Prescott. I'm tired, man. So he's tired. He needs coffee. But the real, the real issue is, instead of making excuses for Dak Prescott, we should all keep it real. I think he is a great leader, like, great, like, like Stephen talked leader. about. Yes, but sir. the reason why they can't win a Super Bowl is because Dak Prescott. You guys know how many um, receivers on the Cowboys exceeded 600 yards this year? All right, I'm going to split it. There's one, by the way. All right, I'll, I'll sp- one. I'm going to split the bill here. Because, I ain't paying. no. <laughs> no, Dak Prescott is not good enough to win a Super Bowl. And I was on board with that for a long time. I thought he was a confetti guy. Of course he's a great leader. There's no, there's no question leader. about that. I really don't know that there's that many other people in the league. It's a very short list of people that could fill this role of being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Like, that's a, that's a different thing. It's different playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys than any other team in the league. So I'll give Dak all the credit in that space. But I don't think he is good enough to win a Super Bowl, meaning he is not going to be the catalyst to win you a Super Bowl. I agree with Match that. Match that with... The Cowboys are not ever going to get out of their own way. They didn't replace Amari Cooper this year. That's not Dak Prescott's fault. They've had 27 years of the same exact result. Dak has not been playing for 27 years. He's been playing for seven of those years. Mm-hmm. So I'll split the difference. It's a long time. I don't think Dak Prescott is good enough to win a Super Bowl, and I don't think the Cowboys run their organization in a way that they can be in a position because they do all this other stuff They've had all these other great teams. They always have stars, but they never really have the guy at quarterback. And look, Cowboys fans are going to be mad at me. I didn't think Tony, Tony Romo was the, guy, was the guy either. And guess what? He wasn't. They didn't, didn't, win they didn't either until he retired. But, but, was the cow, but was it the Cowboys? Is it, was it their it's, fault? I, I think it's both. I know, but yes. was, it, was it their fault against the Niners? No. That's, that's, that, what, that's, that's where that's, I'm at. You know what I'm saying? That's, all that's, that makes cool until. Fault, but I can't also ignore the 27 years of evidence but, but, but what about this? never what about, had let's the right Let's go on this year, though. Let's go on this year. You know, I'm with you. I don't think Dak is good enough. I don't think Dak is good enough. And there's a lot of reasons why the the. He needed help, right? He is a guy that needs help. But if you, but when are they going to recognize that and in, and do that? Like they did the how, first three years of that. Well, he needed so much help. I don't want to talk about which that you want to talk about this year. You want to talk about? I'm not talking about his. Rookie which season. one are we talking about? I don't, don't put me in a place where I got to defend Dak Prescott. But I'm not talking oh, about his. Come rookie. on over, Joy. It's great. I'm not even saying this rookie year. I'm saying this the year. This year. We can go this year. Which I'm not saying the rookie year. I'm saying the first. I said the first three, four years. This year was his fault. This year was his fault. He needs no more help this year. His third year in the league, they went into the season with a hodgepodge of nobodies at receiver. They admitted they were wrong for the first time ever, thankfully, and traded for Amari Cooper halfway through the season. Hold on. on. Here's the other problem. We we always do this with the Cowboys. Why are the Cowboys talking about Super Bowls? Y'all don't make it to the NFC Championship game. You can't talk about But here, here's my thing. That's, that's not their fault, though. That's, that's not their fault. To the, to the, 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 the 27 years? They were averaging 30 points 20, a game. 27 right? years is not points, their fault? About, listen, that's cool. That's smoking mirrors. We're talking about this year. This year. You want they were averaging 30 points. The Niners average 30 points a game, right? The Cowboys, the team that they assembled together, yeah. right? They averaged what? They, they had, 12, had them to 12 points. They had the Niners to 12 points. You should be able to go out there. And win that game. Here's, here's, here's why. Here's, here's, and this is my last thought. We might have to do this again. Again, here's, here's why I don't believe in like this the <laughs> mythological being of the Cowboys. Because before Carson Wentz slash Nick Foles, Eagles hadn't won a Super Bowl. Before Jalen Hurts, if you disregard that Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, the Eagles hadn't. Before Joe Burrow, the Bengals hadn't won a Super, hadn't won a Super Bowl. In God knows how long. So there, there needs to be somebody special. Somebody unique, somebody overtly talented, somebody who has that extra level of it that can do those things. Zach Prescott is a fourth-round pick, and Tony Romo was undrafted. Go get a quarterback. Go get a quarterback. Wait, 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 hold up. They're 
massive <laughs> overachievers. Okay, so that, but that's see, that's the excuse. They were fourth round undrafted. Joe Burrow's a number one overall pick. Yeah, but right now, this is what they are, right? He's a he's a pro bowler. He's a hundred sixty million dollar quarterback. Three time pro bowler. Yeah, you should be able to win. Your defense did they thing? They 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 they, they shut. Can we pull out the clip from August when we, where I, I said Zach didn't have enough help? We we do, I, mean, I don't want to revisit it. We don't have a choice, Shady. We don't have a choice. Uh, we got to revisit this when we return. I apologize. It's getting a little testy on set. Oh More God. speak coming up. What do you want the Cowboys do? They make, they make me talk about them. Well, get them Bo Jackson. Get them Randy. Now, look, when we left on the show, it was getting testy. Why? Because the Cowboys... General manager assistant, general manager in acting, Stephen Jones. He says that that Prescott can lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl. Now, Dave, Shady and I both got several questions for you. Yeah. What else does that Prescott need? At the beginning of his career, he had an elite offense. Towards right now, seven years in, he's had an elite defense. Never has he won you more than two <sighs> playoff games during a run. What else does he need? I mean, for starters, again, Dak Prescott could just use better cap allocation. Like, I know this is boring TV. Cowboys are about to invest a minimum of $16 million in their running backs. They're going to have to tag Tony Pollard, and they're paying Zeke Elliott way too much money. On top of what they're paying Dak, it's hard to put a good team around him. But to answer you more directly. Please do. I'm he, waiting. He on. needs more dynamic weapons on offense. And, yeah, they were the number one offense for most of the year because Dak Prescott's really good at his job. And C.D. Lamb took a major step forward. Who was the Cowboys' number two receiver this year? Was it Dalton Schultz, who wasn't top 10 in production among tight ends? Was it Noah Brown? Was it Michael, I'm still recovering from an ACL surgery, Gallup? No, who, who here's, was it? Here's my issue, though. They need more receivers. They could use more juice at tight end. And then they Bo Jackson and, 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 and big, Michael Irvin. They're big. And Randy Moss. Maybe Shannon Sharp while he's in yeah, there. We did this in a meeting. I, I told you all the other day. Only I told Joy this. Only three teams in the NFL playoffs this year had worse receiving cores than the Cowboys. Cores. So I'm saying from you top to bottom. Though? You know what's funny, though, Joy? It's funny that, like, he says that, right? But when Dak came back from injury, what did he say? We had the number one offense. Yeah. So you're going to have to have the number one offense, but now you need more weapons. They had like seven Pro Bowlers. They did. They're not, am I tripping? Yeah. You're not tripping at all. Seven Pro Bowlers. That's a good team to me. So you, you're like, you I'm can, just saying, that's a, that's a you good You can team. be good enough to. They had, a, they had a second team all pro wide receiver? Yeah. Hard to do. So that sounds good enough to me. So it, it gets harder the further you go in the Come playoffs. On, man. Is that, that's the big re revelation there? If you say, if, if Cowboys fans believe Dak needs more explosive playmakers, Tony Pollard might not be a top five running back in football, but he is a top five explosive And what happened against football. the 49ers? To he Tony did get Pollard. hurt. That happens. He missed a half of the game. That, that absolutely did happen. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is a top five explosive receiver in football. He might not be a top five wide receiver, but if you're talking he about people get busy, he like that. He, and furthermore, when the Cowboys chose to pay and retain Michael Gallup, we knew that Michael Gallup had, I think, 2,000-yard receiving seasons. And he had time coming off his ACL. You led me to believe, like so many other Cowboys fans led me to believe, they was going to be aight. No, 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 no. Do not point at me. Do not say that to David Hellman. I'll say, I'll say it in the third person. Don't say that to me. Because Michael Gallup tore his ACL on January 2nd and didn't have surgery until February. Dave never thought they had enough. It was always he a pipe dream. They had enough. Here's my question. Thank you, though. Joy. This is where, well, now I'm going to, don't get too excited. All right. All right. Fine. I can my take question it. is, we don't think that Dak is good enough to do this on his own, right? I mean, no. nobody does it on his own. No. Nobody does it on his own. Yeah, depending no, on how you mean on it, yeah. How, how much help. help. Like, how yeah. much help does Correct. that mean? Correct. There we go. We all think that there's really no amount of help that Dak could have, which is at the point I'm at now, at the point that you guys are at. Yeah. No, you're not there yet. You'll get there. There's no amount of Realistic help, help yes. realistically, yeah. that could put Dak into a space where they could get to an NFC Championship game. Because I don't talk about them in the Super Bowl. They don't get to the NFC Championship game. That being the case, isn't it then eventually on the Cowboys to recognize that? Like, isn't it on the Cowboys to say, okay, no. we see that he's not good enough. We need to restructure his contract and do absolutely everything we can. Oh, like, yeah. Offensively, oh, everything yeah. we can. Yeah. To help him because or, he's clearly not good enough. I, yes, this is brilliant. And Dave and I have argued about this. I'm with that. Camera. Yeah, I'm with that. If, if Howie that. Roseman was the GM of the Eagles, I would the GM of the Cowboys. I take one step further. Dak wouldn't still be the quarterback, and yep. that is the difference. Like I'm with Joy to a point of like, okay, it's on the Cowboys to realize Dak isn't good enough, so let's get him more help. A GM, GM, Howie. He would have been like, oh, we can't win with him. Well, Howie would have never paid Ezekiel Elliott before either, he paid the quarterback. Either way. It, it don't matter how you slice and, and dice. Then, yeah. And he wouldn't have paid Dak Prescott that. And he would have paid him early if he was going to pay him. Or he would have been cheaper. Or he would have been like you. Because here's, here's the issue to me. He's drafting. Let's draft the top yes. quarterback. The right. issue with me with the Cowboys is they don't 
want to acknowledge their mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, that's that's the only thing I will say about this myth of that's the Cowboys. True. Because I don't agree with, like, well, they haven't won it in years, so they can't win it. I think transcendent players can do transcendent things. But where I will go with Joy and Dave on is this. Cowboys don't want to acknowledge their mistakes. Zeke paying him that money and continuing to start him, it was a mistake. It just was. Like, we've seen that time and time again. Dak Prescott, eventually you got to realize y'all would have to do so much other things to win with Dak that you're better off moving off from Dak. That's just where I'm But I I don't even believe that part. Uh Uh-oh. When I really watched that game against the Niners, right, because that's that's the most recent evidence we have, where if he don't turn the ball over and, like, throwing picks – that game was close. Like, and it was average. The, the, the 49ers were averaging 30 points for Brock Purdy. So if he just did his part and then turned the ball over, they might have a chance to even win that game. So as much as you want to blame the Cowboys, you got to really give it to Dak. Like, it's really his fault. No, I, I agree with you on that. Like, on. Dak lost that game. He's losing games. If you, have, if, you have, if you have any kind of a semblance of an offensive performance, you beat the 49ers Thank with, you. with a, a, a transcendent defense. So I'm, I'm with you there. But right. where I always go back to with the Cowboys is – how did we get here? Okay. Right. Then you, and, right, yeah, and, you that's, and that's what, like, how did we get to the point where Dak is in that position to make those mistakes, knowing that he is not that caliber of player that you're, that's going to win you the game? So if you know that, it does come down to the Cowboys mythology for me because that's why I always bring up it's been so long since they've won because they do the same thing over and over again. They have these stars here and they have the stars here and this hype here and this hype there. But do you really have the guy? Do you really have that guy? So what you're saying then, let me tell you if I can hear if I'm hearing you right. You're saying that the if the Cowboys paying and claiming Dak is the Cowboys issue, and we're the saying Dak is a Cowboys issue. The way issue. they do business is more, is unique to every other every other sports team in the country. Why? Jerry Jones. If you're Jerry Jones guy, you know how it is. If you're Jerry Jones guy, this is how it happened. That's why it happened with Zeke that way. Yep. That's why it happened with Zeke that way. Was Jerry Jones guy. No other team would have done that. No other team would have paid a quarterback that they thought was capable. And at the time, they did think Dak was capable. Before they would never pay a running back. But over I don't know. The only reason I don't know if I agree is remember who Zeke was at the time. And Shady, you can speak. He deserved to get paid. He deserved to get it's paid. Not that he didn't and not only that, but paid. remember what he did, Joy. He, he, he held out and he deserved it. Cabo. He had, had sixteen hundred yards. Then he had like thirteen hundred yards, and he was the reason well, that team was any like, good. What not did you Dak. say about Howie? What would Howie have done? Not give six years to a running back. How, how he ain't. How six he years. Is. Yeah, but six but but, but years. how he hasn't had a running back like that to pay. Let's just keep it real. That's a good point. So I we can't even do that do because I don't lie. Uh, at the time, Zeke was the main guy he on the was Cowboys. The man, he was, Zeke was taking screens eighty he yards was, to the crib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also yeah. ran him down. They did. And now they're, they they're stuck with that contract. Real revision. They, they're they're going to have to decide whether to move off of him or not. They, they were then put in the position to pay Dak. They didn't pay Dak when they should have paid Dak, pushed it off, and now they had to pay him more because the market was the market. Yeah. So all these things, all this matters. Like, all these decision-making things, not bringing in somebody to replace Amari Cooper, which they also acknowledged was a mistake. Like, that's I why I don't think that. Dak is good enough to win a Super Bowl with. I don't. I, he, he's not good enough to get to an NFC Championship game with, let alone talk about a Super Bowl. But if you know that, well, now you know that. So make a choice. Act accordingly. That, yeah. that's, that's all it is, is act accordingly. I think they're going with that team they got, to be honest, if he plays better. Rush it's out. not like more help. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up. Now, this actually is the most fun conversation of the day. Dame Lillard, he made history earlier on in the week. 71 points, only the eighth player in NBA history to do so. But there's a fascinating conversation about loyalty. Is his loyalty to the Trailblazers helping his legacy or hurting his legacy? Remember, he's never even won a conference final game. That's next. Real talk. I play like Lillard. As we celebrate Black History Month, I'd like to recognize Jesse Owens, the legendary track and field Olympic gold medalist. Born in Alabama, the son of a sharecropper, Jesse Owens was the youngest of 10 children. The Owens family eventually moved to Cleveland, Ohio, where he would set junior high school records in the high jump and long jump and went on to dominate track and field, setting world records as a teenager. Owens picked Ohio State over Michigan in part because the Buckeyes let him work as a part-time freight elevator to make money. Despite being the greatest track and field athlete of his time, Owens was barred from the men's dorm because of his race, and many restaurants in Columbus wouldn't serve him. Still, he was chosen as team captain, the first African-American elected to that position on a Big Ten team. In 1935, Owens had one of the greatest days in track and field history. At a Big Ten meet in Ann Arbor, 
Owens, who was known as the Buckeye Bullet, set world records in the span of about an hour. It became known as the greatest 45 minutes in sports. It was just a warm-up for the Olympics in Berlin in 1936. At a time when German dictator Adolf Hitler was trying to promote racial supremacy and anti-Semitism, Owens derailed those racist plans by dominating track and field, capturing four gold medals, a record that lasted for 48 years. Owens' impact at the Olympic Games had ripple effects far beyond the sports world, and Owens became a global star in memorable fashion. Superstar Dame Lillard became only the eighth player ever to score 70 or more points, but Portland's all-time leading scorer is no closer to filling the hole of a championship in his resume. When asked about winning a title, he claims, quote, we devalue people's body of work if you don't win one. Close quote. I love this conversation. Dame Lillard, has the loyalty helped his legacy? I'll be honest. I think Dame Lillard's Loyalty has helped his legacy tremendously. When you think about NBA players historically, the ones that win championships on teams they played for and didn't leave, that's the strongest legacies. Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan. Then the ones that travel to win championships, that's the second strongest legacy. Then the ones that don't travel and don't win, John Stockton, Dame Lillard. Then the ones that travel and don't win, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. So Dame Lillard, although his legacy is not the highest because he hasn't won a chip, it's not the lowest because he hasn't left. Yeah. So when I really assess Dame Lillard's legacy, I truly believe that his loyalty to the Trailblazers, it might cost him a chip, but it has definitely helped his legacy. Slick, where do you stand? Will the loyalty help Dame's legacy? You framed that well. Actually, loyalty is his legacy. Hmm. This is the story of Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard grew up in, in Oakland. Oakland, yeah. He was with an AAU team called the Rebels. Now, he, grew, he started to develop. He, they came up together. These were his boys. But he got good enough that the Oakland Soldiers, which is the legendary team, LeBron, LeBron played for them. It's had all the great, the great team, players from around the country have gone to play for the Soldiers. They invited Dame to play with them. He said, no, nah, I'm going to stay with the Rebels. Rebels ended up beating the Soldiers in a tournament. Hmm. He went to Weber State. Weber State was the first team, uh, the first school to recruit him. They were not the last team. The Blue Chips came in once they discovered who Damian Lillard was and said, hey, why don't you come over here? He said, no, Weber State came to get me, I'm staying here. And he stayed. Portland Trailblazers, when they drafted him, people forget. Like, people were like, what? Taking a cat, taking a six-foot-two dude from Weber State? What are you doing? He has rewarded that every step of the way by saying, if you believe in me, Mm, that's good. I believe in you. That's good. And to your point, have we, we were just talking about it earlier in the show. We're talking, and and in the pre-show, Comparing Damian Lillard to Steph Curry. Steph Curry has four championships. Damian Lillard hasn't even been to the finals. And yet, we put him in the same category as a player because of what he has done. We give him that respect. Now, if he had gone someplace else and he was the number two and he won a championship, would we think of him in the same way? I just don't think that we did. He has not, he's created a persona and a brand out of himself, regardless of what is around him. I think that's a phenomenal achievement and I can't take it away from him. When you say put Lillard in the same conversation as as players, was you saying like Seth Curry, was you saying that? Yeah, I mean, I I believe you have said, like you could replace Steph Curry with Damian Lillard and they would be relatively the same. Yeah, so so for one, right, I I, I think his his legacy takes a hit. I'm going to be honest. The NBA players don't get no recognition for being honorable, right? (laughs) They don't. No no sports player gets recognition for being honorable in any sport. I think with with Dane Lillard, he is lights out. He's a beast. He's one of my favorite players. And Steph Curry... And Lillard, the only difference is Steph has four championships. Now, obviously, he got the MVPs, but they're right next to each other, right? If you're really just watching basketball and let him play, Steph Curry's probably better, but it's so close. But it's shady. Who- and, hold on, hold on. In, in, in five, six, seven years, when they're all when I'm done, ten years from now, people are gonna look at Steph and Dane like this because of the championships. I think that mm. his legacy is gonna take a hit because when you think of all the the, the great players, Dane was a great player. Dame is lights out. I think he plays for Portland, so he doesn't get even, like, the, the attention 
you know, you, you can't, you're not going to have, like, big promotional place there compared to if he played for, like, the Knicks and he was doing the same thing. He'd probably get even more credit. Another thing is I look at all the superstar players like Barkley, Iversons, Ewings. Those are great players. They didn't get championships, but they got MVPs. That's where it separates also. Mm. And I, don't, I don't think Dame's going to get an MVP no time soon, right? So I think if he had another player that was a superstar and he was doing the same thing and they had a chance to even compete for a championship and maybe get a title, we would look at Dame Lillard like we look at Steph Curry because they're really on the same playing field. Yeah, I think we all recognize Dame's talent, and we appreciate that he wants to stay in Portland and reward the fans and the organization there. And I don't feel any way about it if that's how he wants to yeah. do it. Yeah, I respect totally it. Cool yeah. with that. I yeah. respect that. I also respect players who want to leave, who want to go and try and win championships, because that's really what we're playing for is championships. At the end of the day, there's other accomplishments, but nobody shows up at the beginning of the season like, I hope to score a bunch of points this year. You want to win a championship. That's what... It's what they play for. And the greats all have them. The great greats, the Mount Rushmores all have championships. Mm-hmm. To me, if he's going to stay the rest of his career in Portland, which we can assume that he will, and Portland's never going to move off of him, then he's accepting that the, the Trailblazers are going to do what they haven't done in the last 11 years, which is put a team around him that can get them to the Western Conference Finals, to the finals, right. to try and compete for a championship. That's not his job. And I like, actually, that he's like, I'm a player. Y'all put the get together the team. But at the end of your career, we will, we will look at that accordingly. Like, okay, Portland never put the pieces around him, and he was a great player. They didn't win a championship. They didn't get it done. Or you're saying that you're the guy, regardless of that, to go and win a championship. And we'll, we'll look at your legacy in that way. It's not to say that we will ever say he wasn't a great all-time player, because he is. He's one yeah. of the greatest offensive players we've ever For seen. Sure. Yeah. But the caveat is if you won a championship or not. It just is what it is. When we talk about the greatest of greats, and you talk about championships, right. MVPs are important too. Yeah. That, is another, that is another standard of separation that we have for great players. So I think everyone respects that he is loyal to the, to the Blazers. What I don't like is, it's, this, is the, this is the right way to do it. We don't give a, you know what, that organizations cut players yep. or trade players or move they're on They're never players. honorable, no. They're never honorable. Yeah. And we still talk about organizations like they're, Good organizations are great organizations, and they move like that. So to me, it's more about the idea and the concept of loyalty in professional sports as a whole that starts to run into the nuance of the conversation for me. So the the distinction I'll make is you were saying Damian Lillard could be Steph Curry if he was put in that place. Mm -hmm. To win championships, yes. Who else do we give that credit to without actually having had to make that journey? We look at Damon Lillard individually in and of himself and say he would be a champion. Yeah. He, I mean, he's getting credit for a lot, that. A lot of players, right? though. A lot of players. Ooh. Iverson, Barkley, you put them in situations. Not like, I mean, with Steph? You put, if you put Iverson with the Warriors, he's going to get a championship. Well, the, the, the dumb is all we can do is imagine because as it stands right now, Steph Curry's 10 and over as Dame Lillard, and Steph's got a whole <laughs> lot that Dame doesn't. Okay, super serious conversation before the show that we desperately need your help with. We were talking about Game of Thrones. I haven't watched an episode, but it led to this conversation. How much would you pay to acquire a dragon? I said $275,000. Two five, where you at? Three twenty-five. Three twenty-five. Rolls Royce. Okay. I cannot believe y'all are putting a dragon in the in the realm of a sports car. <laughs> a fire-breathing, <laughs> flying monster. If Have you ever been if in a Rolls? Dragons on market. It. None of us are bidding for yeah, it. Yeah, I can't afford what, that. What, what are you What are you talking about? I'm gonna pay. You gotta pay me. I gotta take care of damn dragons. Come <laughs> in. But you gotta pay like two, three bills. We're for talking. A dragon. Yeah. Would the, the insurance cost more than the dragon, Joy? Who cares? You can smoke everybody. We're not getting insurance on a dragon. Freeze I'll let y'all know if dragons are for auction. That's it for us. We'll see y'all tomorrow. You just torched the couch. <laughs>